Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. I don't know about you, but um, I'm really into quotes. Some people like to collect stamps. I had a friend who collected toenail clippings. Um, I, I collect quotes. In fact, I've got books full of quotes. Just I like pithy, sort of witty sayings. Um, Oscar Wilde, one of my favourite authors, he once said, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I think it's a great line. What a great line. And then there's other people who are just really clever. Winston Churchill, after too much alcohol, was told by a lady at a party, so Winston, you're drunk. He said to her, yes, and you're ugly, but I'll be sober in the morning. <laughs> clever, clever, I like that. Sir Edmund Hillary, after failing an attempt at scaling Mount Everest, told supporters he would return to Mount Everest and he would conquer that mountain. And here's what he said, I love it. He said, he said Everest can't get any bigger, but I can. What a great line, brilliant. George Reid, one of Australia's first prime ministers. I think he was our first Labour prime minister. He was quite a portly chap which is politically correct term for he was carrying a bit of weight. And, uh, and so he had quite a bulge in his stomach. He was giving a stump speech back in the day before television, standing in open air, uh, announcing policy. And uh, people there would heckle and, and, and call out things. And someone referring to his portly girth yelled out, George, what are you going to call the baby? Implying that his stomach indicated he was pregnant. Quite a rude, offensive thing to yell out. But he did not skip a beat. He said, if it's a girl, I shall call her Victoria after the Queen. If it's a boy, I shall call him George after myself. But if, as I suspect, it's nothing more than gas, I'll call it after you. <laughs> I love that. I thought I, I would have loved to hear him speak more. What a sharp wit and a quick mind. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 9, Caleb has a wonderful quote. And this line, from the moment I read it, it's, it's always been dear to me because I think it's just such a clever line but within this line is such a wonderful truth that can inspire us through every season of life. Israel are about to come into the promised land but there are many enemies, challenges and obstacles. Who's got some obstacles they're facing at the moment? And they're, they're about to come up against these things and, and many of the people are wanting to run away afraid and, and just hide but Caleb says this listen to it Numbers 14 verse 9 do not fear the people of the land for they are our bread what a great line they are our bread he goes on to say their protection has departed from them the Lord is with us don't fear them they are our bread when I read that I thought what a pity that Caleb was an Israelite rather than an Aussie they are our bread if he was an Aussie he would have said we'll have them for breakfast I'm just so inspired by someone who looks life's challenges in the eye and rather than running away afraid says, you'll be bread for us. We'll have you for breakfast. In other words, I believe that if God is with us, the things that are sent to weaken us are actually going to strengthen us. The things threatening to destroy us can instead develop us. The circumstance predicted to finish you can actually feed you and nourish you. That thing that everyone's saying is going to maim you could actually be the making of you. You can turn your battles into bread. That's what Caleb's saying. It's a battle, but that battle is actually become bread for me that makes me stronger, more able, and greater than I ever was before I faced that challenge. And that's the promise of God for every person with faith. 
If you've got just a little bit of faith, you can turn every battle in your life into bread for your soul. I want to talk to you this morning on how you do that because with just a few changes of perspective and a little faith in God, whatever battle you're facing, whether it's a a battle in your relationships, a battle in your workplace, a financial, a health battle, you can turn every battle into bread that nourishes and strengthens you. Here's the first thing you've got to do. Battles become bread when you see them as a vote, a vote of God's confidence in you. You know, one of the fundamental things we believe as Christians is that God loves us. I mean, strip everything away and you're left with, Jesus loves me, this I know. I'm so confident in the love of God that I believe God loves me so much he would not allow anything to come my way that was going to destroy me. If he's allowing me to go through some things, it's only because he knows that I'm going to ultimately be okay. Even if I'm a bit worried or concerned, he's not because he loves me and his hand is always toward me for good. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. In other words, life happens to all of us, right? We think we're the only ones, but the Bible says, no, no, stuff happens to all of us. None of us are immune from the vicissitudes of life. But then it says this, God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Did you you hear that? God won't allow any trial, trouble or temptation That is too much for you. Mother Teresa said, trouble is a sign that God believes in you. I just wish he didn't believe in me quite so much. When you've got trouble or difficulty, if God says, I'm not going to allow any problem that's too much for you, that means if I'm facing a problem, it's God's vote of confidence in me that I'm up to this challenge, I'm up to this situation, and I'm well able to get through it. When you have that perspective, instead of getting depressed when you've got trouble, you're actually encouraged. God believes in me. You know, God believes in you more than you believe in you because you think I'm finished and God says, no, 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 this is going to feed you, strengthen you and make you stronger. One of my boys, Joseph, when he was small, was at the park. It was my duty to care for him. So I was sitting on a bench reading the newspaper. He was on the playground. It was back in the days before occupational health and safety. You know, when things was fun. And, um, and instead of one of those plastic slides with, with spongy turf where children would not hurt themselves, it was a, a steel metal slide with concrete at the base. And my son, who was just a toddler, decided he was going to climb up the slide. I was reading my paper and I noticed that he was climbing up the slide and I thought, well, good on him. We'll see how far he gets. And I, I returned to my newspaper, glancing up occasionally to find he was halfway up a very steep incline. And I was quite proud of him. And then I noticed other parents were also watching him, but they were also looking around trying to find who was the parent responsible. Now, if you don't know me, my children are adopted from Ethiopia, so no one knew that I was the parent. Which is quite helpful when they're misbehaving, because I can deny all responsibility. And so I was watching, and he got about three quarters of the way up the slide, and I started to become aware that if he fell, he would hurt himself. So I did what any good parent would do. I walked over and began to shout encouragement in his ear. I I could have put my hand on his bottom and lifted him to the top, but why would I do that? I know my son, even as a toddler, he was a headstrong, willful child. I'm sorry to report he still is. And I thought I could push him to the top, but he's such a determined little kid. I reckon he can make it himself. So I stood there and just began to whisper in his ear, come on, Joe, 
on, you can do it. Don't be a girl. You can do it. And he's struggling and striving and, and he made it to the top. And, and the reason I didn't help him was not because I didn't love him. It's because I believed in him. I knew what that kid was capable and I knew if I just stand there and keep giving him words of encouragement, he's able to do more than he believes he can. And by the time he gets to the top, he'll realize, man, I'm only two, but I'm incredible. And then we'll look at your dad. Except I have no genetic responsibility for him at all, so I can't take credit for that either. You know, many times our lives are like that. We feel like we're climbing this deep cliff. We feel like life is all up and it's struggle and it's striving. And we wonder, why hasn't God just magically, miraculously lifted me to the top out of all my trouble? It's not that God's not there. He's right there, but he knows that you can do it. And so he speaks words of encouragement, encouraging you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep going. Keep pushing through because you're capable of more than you think you are. God believes in you. That's why you've got the problems you've got. That's why he's allowed the circumstance you're in because God knows you are well able if you weren't he would have kept you away from that and when suddenly you realize that every problem you've got is actually God's vote of confidence in you you can resolve that relationship issue you can work through that business challenge you can get through that sickness and come out the other side healthy and better the trouble you've got is not a sign that God's left you it's a sign that God's confident in you he believes in your ability through him to do it when you simply approach every battle with the view that this is a vote of God's confidence in me, God would never allow this if he didn't believe I was up for it. Suddenly, that battle becomes bread for your soul that instead of sapping you of your confidence, actually encourages you to walk tall and believe in the goodness of God toward you. Number two, battles become bread when we see them as a stage upon which to give our finest performance. You've got to see the things you're going through as a stage. Now, I know some of you are having to perform on stages you would rather not. Some of you have been given scripts to read from that you would never have chosen yourself. There are some roles that I've had to play in life that I wouldn't have chosen that role. I would have given that role to you. I would have taken on a better role, an easier role. But oftentimes you don't get to choose the script that you read from. It's just thrown in your lap and you've got to step up and give the best performance you can. But Shakespeare himself said... All the world is a stage. The men and the women are merely actors. They have their entrances, their exits, and each one in his life plays many parts. And how many of you know God will give you different parts, different roles, different scripts to read from? And one of the challenges in life is to realize in every circumstance, there's a stage and an opportunity for me to give a fine performance. The book of Hebrews says that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, heaven is watching, attentive to see how we will cope, how we will handle, how we will work through things. And the life is a stage upon which we get to give a great performance. You know, um, I was at an airport terminal many years ago with my two young boys and they were playing on the floor and, and they're very cute. And again, I can take no responsibility because genetically I have nothing to do with them. But, um, but, but they're very cute. And I noticed that other people in the airport terminal were watching them. And wives were, were elbowing their husbands saying, look at those boys, they're so cute. And I felt quite proud because my kids are very cute and a lot cuter than yours. And, um, 
And so I was thinking, you know, God has blessed me with these amazing kids. It's pretty good to be their dad. And, and everyone else is jealous that I get to be their dad. And, and so I'm feeling pretty good about life. And, and then at that moment, another couple walked into the terminal with a severely handicapped child. Um, you could tell immediately that this child had problems because, um, how could I put it? Uh, um, the dimensions physically of the child were all wrong. You know, their, their head was, was larger than it should have been and, and even the facial fears were, were not proportionate. And so clearly this child had had some sort of um, uh, trouble in birth that had resulted in some um, uh, disability. And, and I, I watched as this couple put their child on the floor, not far from mine, my beautiful, cute little kids who, who were just like, you know, no physical or developmental challenges at all unlike this other little girl. And I'm watching the parents of this other girl and they were so proud of her and they had huge smiles on their faces and they're full of joy and, and, and they're acting like their girl is the greatest girl in the world, which I'm sure to them she was. And, and as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm thinking, they have got challenges as parents that I'll never know anything about, but they look like they're handling it so well. I wonder how I would handle it. And here's my answer. I, I'd like to think I'd be just like them, but I don't know because I've never had to stand on that stage. I've never had to read from that script. I've never had to play that role. So I'd like to think I'd do well, but I don't know. On the other hand, they do know because they are on that stage giving that performance and a brilliant performance it was. Do you remember that TV show on Channel 10 many years ago called Thank God You're Here? And uh, they'd choose a celebrity or a comedian and, and you'd walk through a door onto a stage for which you were completely ill-prepared. There would be props, scenarios, a script, and you had no idea what you're walking into and you had to kind of improvise and just do your best. And I remember thinking, isn't that a lot like life? On a Monday morning, you get pushed out the door and you don't know what you're going to face. You don't know what you're going to encounter. You stumble through things at work and in college and university and in relationships and, and you just have to give the best performance you can. But when you think of every battle as a stage upon which to give the best performance you know how to glorify God, suddenly it changes everything. Viktor Frankl, who survived the Nazi concentration camp, said, most people spend their entire lives questioning why things are happening in their life, when in fact it's life questioning what's happening in them. Think about that for a moment. We say, why is life doing this? To What is life all about? But oftentimes, instead of us questioning life, life is actually questioning us. And asking, what are we really made of? How will we really perform in this situation or that? And I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, think of it as a stage. It might not be the role you would have chosen. But there is an opportunity to step into the spotlight, even if the script is one you don't particularly like, and give the greatest performance of your life that all of heaven and every heavenly cloud of witness would cheer and encourage and be thrilled with. Number three. Battles become bread when we see them as a ladder upon which to climb higher. How many of you know the Bible says we go from strength to strength? From glory to glory. But how many of you know no one went from strength to strength watching Netflix? Trust me, I tried. Several times. In the book of Judges chapter 3, there's a really funny little phrase here that, that caught my attention because I, I guess I just hadn't thought of God like this. In Judges chapter 3, the Israelites are coming into the promised land. Think about that, the promised land. It's fertile, it's rich, it's, wonder, it's, it's the promise of God. But, but there's an unexpected challenge. Listen to what it says. It says, these are the nations the Lord left 
to test all those Israelites who'd not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who'd not had previous battle experience. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? When they came into the promised land, God left some of the bad guys there so that people who'd never been in a fight would have the opportunity to be in a fight. I'm thinking, but Jesus, I want you to keep me out of fights. I want you to make me a great person while I sleep. But God says he allowed the Israelites to get into some fights because how many of you know, some things can only be forged in the heat of battle. Things like stamina, courage, appreciation, heroism, sacrifice. You only learn those things by going through some things. It's why I let my boys make their own beds. My boys say, if you loved us, you'd make our beds. To which I reply, because I love you, I don't. Because there are some things that you only learn through having a little bit of difficulty and a little bit of hardship. And my boys believe that having to make their own beds is a violation of their human rights. It's that tough. But how many of you know as parents, you allow your children to have a little bit of hardship? Because even as God recognizes here, those Israelites who'd never had any hardship never get the opportunity to develop and go from strength to strength or from glory to glory. Charles Swindle said, God is more concerned about our character than our comfort. No one became a better person watching television. But we do become better people by going through a few difficulties, by facing a few challenges, by taking on some giants. The tree that never had to fight for sun and sky and air and light never became a forest king. It lived and died a common thing. The man who never had to toil, who never had to win his share of sun and sky and light and air, never became a manly man. He lived and died as he began. Good timber does not grow on ease. The stronger the wind, the tougher the trees. By sun and cold, by rain and snow, in tree or man, good timber grows. Sir Edmund Hillary said, the mountain climber doesn't conquer a mountain, he conquers himself. That is a profound insight into life. Because most people who climb a mountain think they're conquering a mountain. No, no, Sir Edmund Hillary says they're conquering themselves. And this is why God allows us to face some mountains in our lives. Not because we're conquering a mountain, but because he wants to conquer some things like bad attitudes, self-centeredness, doubt, fear in our own lives. So that like a ladder through that challenge, we climb higher and higher to become more of what God intended for us to be. The Apostle Paul put it like this, our light momentary affliction is ever more and more abundantly preparing us for an everlasting weight of glory. Here's what Paul says, it's the afflictions in life that if we look at them with the right perspective and say, you know what, this is going to be bread for me. This trouble is actually going to be like a ladder and I'm going to use this trouble to climb higher and higher and become a better person than I ever was. It actually achieves a weight of glory for us. When you look at your troubles, instead of running away afraid or lying awake all night anxious and stressed, if instead you say, you know what, this battle is going to be bred for me because this is actually a vote of God's confidence in me. So I'm encouraged in the midst of it. This battle is actually going to be a stage and I'm going to give a great performance. It's not the role I would have chosen, but you watch. Man, am I going to give a brilliant performance. I'm not stepping out of the spotlight. I'm stepping front and center and I'm going to give a good shot at this. 
If you look at your battles and you say, you know what, this is going to be a ladder. And I'm going to use this struggle, this difficulty, this challenge to climb higher and develop better character than I would ever have had before. Your battles quickly become bread. And instead of maiming you, it actually becomes the making of you. Instead of destroying you, it actually develops you. Here's the fourth one. We've got 38 of these to get through this morning. Whoever shouted out, I'm looking forward to them all. You're a sick individual who obviously does not want lunch. (laughs) Number four, battles become bread when we see them as a mirror in which to see our true selves. Your battles become bread for you if, if you see your battles as a mirror. How many of you know, when we go through pressure, stuff comes out of us. You're like a tea bag, really. We don't know what flavor you are until we dunk you in hot water. Then we find it. You're really like a tube of toothpaste. We don't know whether you're peppermint or something else until you get squeezed. And that's life. When we get dunked in hot water, when we get squeezed through circumstance or difficulty, then we find out what's in us. Until then, we kind of have a theory about what we're like. We sort of hope we're like, but you don't find out what you're like until you're in the heat of battle. That's why your battle becomes bread if you use it as a mirror to see what you're really like. You know, um, how many of you have ever had a situation, maybe a difficulty in a relationship or, or a crisis and, and what came out of you shocked you because you never realized you were that good. Like, like what came out of you was so gracious and kind and forgiving and loving. And, and there are times when I found myself facing a huge challenge and what comes out of me is so much like Jesus. I think, man, I'm more like Jesus than I thought I was. Because five years ago, I would have killed you for that. But, but now I'm allowing you to live. Homicide never even entered my mind. I've grown so much. And I would never have known that I'd grown, except in the middle of this challenge, what came out was much better than what used to come out. How many of you can say, you know what, I've grown over the last number of years. Because some of the stuff that I would have been so offended by and so upset about these days, that's eh, water off a duck's back. You know what, I forgive, I move on. God's grace has worked in your life. But you wouldn't know it except for the challenge you're now facing and watching your own reaction like a mirror that reflects your character and, and you're encouraged. Because you're not who you were and you're not responding how you once would have. But how many of you have had occasions where in the heat of battle, stuff comes out of your mouth that shocks you that you said that? Attitudes come out. that Well, I never thought I had an attitude like that. I thought I was so much more like Jesus, but that was a little bit like the devil. And and, And the wonderful thing about a battle is that stuff reveals itself about ourselves and we see ourselves as we really are. Because when everything is perfect... It's easy to coast along, but when the heat is on, that's when our true self comes out. Here's why that's important. You know, sometimes in the heat of battle, we realize how ugly some parts of us are. Man, some attitudes are just ugly. Words that are just ugly. Some some perspectives that are just just ugly. And, And no one wants to be ugly. But the problem is, if you don't know you're ugly, you can't do anything about it. Have you ever had something caught in your front teeth and you went an entire day and never knew? It's the worst. At least if someone points it out, you can get rid of it. This is the beauty of a battle. 
A battle points out the flaws, the faults, the frailties in our character, which was already there, but we didn't realize until a battle brought it to the surface. Well, at least now I know so I can change it. This is why a battle is a blessing. This is why I'm going to be better for this experience, not worse, because this experience is revealing who I really am. And some of it is encouraging, but parts of it are ugly. But at least with the ugly parts, now I know and I can ask the Lord to adjust my heart, change my attitude. I can fix my perspective and I can become a better looking person spiritually because that battle has given me a mirror and I've seen some things. But at least now I know and I can change them. You know, battles become bread when we see them as a vehicle in which to draw closer to God. You know, um, what do they say? If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Not necessarily. It may make you stronger or it may just make you bitter and twisted. But one thing's for sure, you're not the same after it. No one goes through anything and remains the same. We're either moving closer to God or we're moving further away. And I guess much of life is like a knife. You can pick it up by the blade or you can pick it up by the handle. And whichever end you pick it up determines what happens next. And I want to encourage you. What if you saw every battle as a vehicle that's going to take you closer to God, not further away? And I just determine, I know after this health challenge, after this financial difficulty, after this relational uh, uh, dispute, I'm going to be a different person, but I'm just determining now, I am going to use this thing to take me closer to God, not further away. And in so doing, every battle actually becomes bread. I'm so inspired by Caleb, who thousands of years ago was just like us, facing challenges, facing all sorts of obstacles and every human you're not human if you're not tempted to run but instead he stands tall looks that battle in the eye and says you become bread for me how different would our lives be if we simply understood with little faith in God all things work together for good and that thing they said was going to destroy you it actually will develop you if you just believe you know what every trouble It's just a sign of God's confidence in me. Otherwise, he would never have allowed it. Every difficulty is a stage, an opportunity to give my finest performance and to do really well in a difficult situation. Everything I go through is really a a mirror that just helps me to see what I'm really like and, and make adjustments. Everything I go through is an opportunity just to draw closer to God. And in so doing, I turn my battles into bread and I go as the Bible promises from strength to strength you know we think that if we're in a challenge it's a sign that God's abandoned us or worse God's punishing us could it be that we're in a challenge because God's trying to get some bread to us to develop and feed us and strengthen us that change of perspective through simple faith in the goodness of God makes the world of difference to how you approach daily life it's a difference between winning and losing between being full of confidence and full of fear, if we simply believe because of Jesus, every battle actually becomes bread for us. The difference between you and I and unbelievers is not that we don't go through the ups and downs of life. The ups and downs of life are common to all people. The difference is this. We actually believe that God, if we keep our faith in Him, is going to use it for our good, no matter how difficult it seems. And that means our mental health is always good. Our hearts are always open and free. And every day, no matter how difficult it might be, 
We get up and we go again because we have a wonderful promise. Can you say amen? Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.